All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to episode two of the Emergency Nine podcast. Thanks for tuning in again. I'm your host, Mike Maroney, alongside Jay, Tom, and McLean. The boys are all here. Hey, boys, we did it. We got our first episode out. Took maybe a couple of weeks later than we thought, but we did it. We actually got a, a couple hundred listeners, if you can believe that. Um, it's a good chance, like 12 of those. Thanks, Mom. My, yeah, exactly. 12 <laughs> of those are my dad, but you know, hey, we got to start somewhere. I think my wife barely listened to it. I was like mentioning one of the uh, parts of it. And she's like, oh, I missed that. I, I must have skipped through it. <laughs> well, how much did you skip through of it? And she's like, well, just the boring golf parts. I'm like, so you listen to the intro and the Tom Brady discussion. That's awesome. <laughs> so uh, she's partially a listener. But thank you to those who did download. We appreciate it. Uh, we all had a nice, some nice texts and emails and, you know, some positive thoughts. And we'll just kind of kind of keep going with this and just wing it week to week. And we'll see how it goes. Again, we don't know what the hell we're doing, but we'll figure this out at some point and format of the show may change here or there. Um, but our hope is to get better and better and um, just keep bringing you some fun golf conversations. So, um, you know, I, I always laugh at my daughter when she watches these stupid videos on YouTube and they're always talking about, you know, like and subscribe at the end. Well, to all our listeners, can you like, subscribe, follow? <laughs> You know, please, please. tell your friends, family, coworkers, shout out from the rooftops. Please do all that. Uh, find us on a, at, at Emergency Nine Pod on Instagram, at Emergency Nine P on Twitter. We'll try to put some posts on there and update some things, make some fun videos along the way, and uh, see if we get some more followers. So, yeah, please like and subscribe. Follow us. We need it. That's that's, that's, that's so true, Mikey, right? Like, you know, <laughs> the, the YouTube stuff that our kids are watching, we're like, look at these people, man. You know, and, and let's 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 not talk about the amount of money those people are making, right? You know, we just <laughs> want stupid. you to we just want you to like and subscribe. You know, yeah, we'll, that's we'll go from there. We'll go from there. Just just tell us some nice comments, even if you're lying. I don't care. Just tell us you like it. Make us feel good. That's right. Five stars, please. Five stars. Yeah. Uh, before we get into all of our topics, uh, quite a week in golf this weekend. We do have a bonus episode of some sort coming out this week. We're going to have our first guest lined up. We're going to keep it a surprise. We won't tell you just to keep you on the fence, tease it a little bit. So that's what they do in the biz, right, boys? Just got to <laughs> tease it so they can download it later on in the week. Let's just say he uh, just played in San Diego, had a great week, and I think just crept into the top 50 in the world rankings after this weekend. So uh, we're going to come out hot with our first guest. Please don't expect us all the time, but uh, hopefully we have a fun conversation later this week with an interesting guest. So keep an eye out for that. But Without further ado, let's get into the biggest news of the weekend. Uh, Davis Love's named President's Cup captain. <laughs> no? That's, oh, that's, that's not it. Biggest, right. that's, that's the that's biggest news. <laughs> oh, I thought well, that was uh, it. I didn't know. Still, did, anything, did anything else happen? Did they start, are they still having the President's Cup? I, I believe it or not. That still exists. Yep. I'm just kidding. Um, good man for the job, right? You know, he's he checks all the boxes they're looking for. Still, you know, when they're looking for captains for – whether it's Ryder Cup or President's Cup, it's it's a combination of a guy that's still relevant, you know, with the regular tour guys that can still relate to him. They still know him, but he's also, you know, got some seniority. So, Davis, well Davis, done. Davis, congrats. Not sure I agree with it. He's already been a captain a couple of times, but um, we can take that up on a later pod. But let's get into the uh, the juicy stuff. Put that up on the poll, Mike. Who who would our listeners <laughs> like? Yeah, we can do like a the, Twitter poll for, next, for that. I think uh, our account's got like nine followers right now. So the next, we'll see what oh, those wait, we don't have a poll. Okay, never mind. 
The, the four, the yeah. four of us make up those who's, nine. So who's ever been polled for anything? Like I, I, I've never been polled for anything ever. Nothing. No, so you just don't is, do them. But it's okay. Yeah. yeah. Not on this pod. You've got to be on the internet to be able to do that. Yeah, that's right. So let's get to the juicy stuff. Um, we all know him, Captain America. Patrick Reed wins at Tory this weekend, but that is not really the story. Hopefully, if you haven't seen it, uh, on Saturday, his 10th hole, he hits his second shot left of the bunker, left of the cart path. As he approaches his golf ball, asks the volunteer, did it bounce? Did it not bounce? She said it. she didn't think it bounced. He just assumes, essentially, it's embedded, knowing Patrick Reed. Asks his playing partners, marks it, and then that's where it kind of gets interesting. He picks up his ball, starts poking and prodding around for a little bit, then finally sets it aside and calls a rules official over where he is deemed balls embedded, gets a free drop, hits a great pitch, great putt, gets up and down and golf social media went bonkers. Um, I got a lot to say about this. There's a bunch of different topics just on this one thing, you know, Reed's role in it, his reputation, which uh, we all know the tours handling of it, the referees handling of it, how it related to Rory's situation whether Roy did the same thing, the right thing, the wrong thing, you know, a bunch of players came out um, after the weekend started, you know, some interesting comments. I wouldn't say the most uh, supportive of Patrick Reed or even the tour on some of them, but where do you guys, where do you guys stand on this? The one, the, the one golden rule, you know, uh, when you're playing, anytime you touch your ball in, in, in the round of competition, you know, you always, have somebody there watching Be- only because you want to make sure you have someone else there to verify that you are doing everything properly. So anytime you pick your ball up because it's plugged, if it's on the cart path, you know, whatever it is, anytime you touch your ball and pick it up, you always have a playing partner there or a rules official there. That's just, that's just the golden rule. Um, you just you say, Hey guys, look, I'm on the cart path. Do you want to come watch me do this? If they say no, and they're like, look, I trust you. I see it's on the car path. You know, go through it. If you say, hey, I think my ball is embedded. You know, want, do you want to come over here and watch me, you know, mark this and check with me? They'll say, sure, I'll come check with you. Or some guy's like, hey, no, I trust you. You know, go for it. He obviously, I, I did hear him yell to his playing partner, hey, I'm going to, I'm going to, this ball's embedded. I'm going to check it. And he yelled across. I did hear him say that. So, I mean, he, he's got that going for him. But why did he pick it up? It's, it's really weird to pick your ball up uh, and then move it aside. Like most of the time you, you, you'll put your tee down and you may slightly pick the ball up to see you put the ball back down, you leave the tee there. And if you really want to take a drop or you feel like it's embedded, then you call a rules official over if it's not obvious, but you don't pick your ball out of there and then set it down. And then you start poking around that. That was the part that was strange, but you know, I'll let somebody else comment, but you know, in the end of the day, did, did they, was the decision the correct decision based on what had happened? Uh, yeah. I mean, he didn't do anything uh, illegal or, or should be penalized for it. It just, it just doesn't look, just doesn't look good. That's all. I'm, I'm with you entirely, Jay. I think one of the things that you could say that it's common and you know, this is what Rory said for someone to stick a tee in the ground, pick their ball up and check it. Right. And I totally understand that. And I, I think he's right with that being said, I think that's totally common for country club golf. I think it's totally common for amateur golf. You know, we're worried about the integrity and we're worried about a $5 Nassau in most situations. Right. I think he has to understand a little bit. One, I think maybe it, 
and I'm not trying to get caught up here, but I think it should be something where in professional golf, when you have this amount on the line, if you have your hands on the golf ball, the official needs to be there or a playing partner needs to be there, not across the fairway, anything like that. If you're picking up the ball in professional golf with millions of dollars on the line, there needs to be another set of eyes there. And your caddy does not qualify. The crowd doesn't qualify. I don't even feel like the camera should qualify. It needs to be a playing partner or a PGA Tour rules official. Yeah, but it, I couldn't agree more. And I, that's where I feel like sometimes the – I don't say the rules of golf are, are are wrong, but like the tour, there's there's a disconnect. And what I mean by that is that like there's there's too much gray area. There's too much, you know. He did it this way. He did it that way. Like you, you look at you know every other professional sport, and it's it's pretty black and white. You know the rules for the most part. Okay, there's obviously you know they've got um every sport has their their uh, situations, but for me. It's just okay. The like we know the rules, right? And then, but still, every time you're like, "All right, is this right? Am I doing this right?" Is you know, that's that's where you run into like, I I want, I need a rules official. I need my playing partners. I don't know. I think that there is needs more clarity from the tour um, on on certain rules. And then, I don't know. It's just it's the whole situation is weird because if it was anybody else, you know, we would be heard about it. We'd be talking about it a little differently, um, but yeah, when he picked his ball up and was like, "I'm just going to put," he, what he even says, "I'm just going to put it over here." So I don't. That, I'm like, that was weird. Now? Like, I agree. So, I don't know. My whole thing is that, and again, I'm not trying to come to anyone's back or rescue here, but if Patrick Reed did not uh, commit the um, whatever you want to call it, the action that he did, we wouldn't have heard anything about. Rory, if Patrick Reed wouldn't have made a bad drop, wherever we want to call it, whatever we're calling this situation, which uh, he did act within the rules of golf, the rules official did deem him to not be in any sort of penalty or out of line. And that's where, unfortunately, we kind of have to leave that You're right. particular situation. The great point, uh, it's man. Not, it's not everything. sand shoveling. Yes. You know, it's, it's not sand shoveling. He did everything right. He did. And here's the whole thing. I'll go back to real quick. He asked the spotter, did you see that bounce? He asked the playing partners, did you see that bounce? And up until that point, nothing – he has done everything absolutely textbook. The only thing I think where it all comes in question is that he didn't replace the ball. Yeah, agreed. All right, I got to roll my sleeve up for this one, boys. Here we go. <laughs> Here we go. I got all kinds of hot takes. You ready? <clears throat> all right, so by the rules of golf, he was okay, uh, right? The PJ Tour, the rules official, they all say – he was okay. CBS even had their new rules official there in the booth who is still an active rules official currently employed by the PGA. New feature they're having on every broadcast. What a way to, for him to start his CBS <laughs> career. Who right. was it? Who is it, Mike? Uh, Ken Tackett. Yeah. yeah. So he's going to ask for a raise already after week one. He's going <laughs> to ask for deal a with raise. That. He was good. He I did. thought he was good. He did a good he job. Was good. He did we'll a get good to, job. We'll get to the tours handling in a second. But by the book-ish, books and quotes, it was right. I, I reached out in some journalism here, boys. I reached out to two well-respected uh, rules officials, tournament organizers, directors in our area uh, last night. They both said he was fine by the rules of golf. Now, the four of us have all played competitive golf. If you listen to the players on tour, it sits funny with all of the players. If you listen to Faldo, Nabolo, Ian Baker, Finch, Brandel Chambly, you listen to any of the golf analysts, the guys that actually played the game, 
It all sat funny with all of them because none of us have ever picked the ball up. And if you have, you pick it up with two fingers and you try to not even touch that thing. It's like you got tweezers on because you don't want to rub any mud or grass or dirt or debris off there. He holds it. He then starts prodding around with his finger in the hole. Who knows what he's doing? Yes, I said that, right? <laughs> I see you guys giggling. <laughs> Looking for worms, nightcrawlers. <laughs> yes, right. Who knows what you're looking for down there? Still can't find oh. it. But it just doesn't sit right, especially because it's Patrick Reed. If it's Corey Connors doing it, no one talks about it. It's fine. But who picks the ball up, holds it, starts poking around, sets it to the side? I've never seen it done before. Yeah. Well, the, like the last thing you do, we've all been there, right? The last thing you do is touch a golf ball, right? Yeah. I mean, even when you know, we've all been there too. Like when you know you're doing everything right, you still kind of hesitate. Like, am I really supposed to pick this up? You so, always assume you're doing the wrong thing. Yeah. yeah. Anytime you touch your golf ball, you're like, and that's why most guys ask for an official or a playing partner. Hey, come over here. I'm going to do this. Is this, is, are you cool with that? Is this right? And then you can have your playing partner. Most of the time, most guys, if they're, anytime they touch the ball, they want a rules official there to, to, to eliminate the, all of this discussion. Um, and, and, and I, and you commented on it, Mike, um, with, uh, Frank, uh, Nabilo and, and Ian Baker Finch and Nick Faldo, they all said the same thing. It's really strange for a guy to pick up his ball without a rules official or a playing partner there. Um, it's just, it's, you just don't see it that often. Um, big reason being is why we we're all giving him such a hard time with it because by the rules of golf, you know, the rules official came over and, and, and deemed that it broke the, broke the surface and he got a free drop, but just the, the, the events leading up to it were a little off and that's why he's getting the, he's getting the, the type of response that he got. But, um, but that's why I go back to like, you know, the, the tour having some responsibility in this. And what I mean by that is that, okay, so he walks up, goes, Hey, did it bounce? He asked a volunteer, right? Lord knows who this person was. Um, God bless him for being there. And, you know, the tour wouldn't, wouldn't survive without volunteers, but who knows what they saw? Did it bounce? They didn't see the ball, obviously, because the ball bounced. Right. Exactly. So obviously they did not. So, so that's, and then, you know, the, the rules official comes up and like, what are they going off of? Right. Did they, I don't know. It's just, it they're, the only thing that they go off of is they feel to see if that ball broke the surface of the ground, not, not nestled in the grass for it to be embedded. It needs to have broken the surface, which is the, uh, uh, the, the, the mud. It needs to have created some type of firm. lip. Yeah. Some type of lip or some type of edge. So, but like, so, but, but my point is that like, okay, so he, he sticks his finger and goes, yeah, I think it did. Like, so they're, they're, they're all full of crap because obviously it, it didn't unless it's super soft. And after a bounce, that little tiny golf. No chance. Golf, yeah. So my point, you know what I'm saying? This is like, all right, so you're, yeah. Yeah. It, it broke. Well, so as, as a rules official, you're supposed to get all the facts, all the information from what's going on. And you can even tell. So the, the the tour came out afterwards and said, "Oh, this was textbook. This was fine." He was well. It wasn't Covering textbook. Their own ass. Exactly, because it wasn't textbook. Because the first words out of the rules official's mouth was, "Oh, well, where's your golf ball?" Exactly. Yeah. Which is weird. Like he's like, oh, "I already picked it up and moved over here." He was when, surprised when he that, that his golf ball wasn't sitting there. Yeah. So right there, it's no longer textbook. I'm sorry. Agree, and that's when the rules official goes, "Okay, hold on, we need to stop. You've moved yeah. the ball. Like now, we gotta try to figure this out." Well, and, and if you left it there, it kind of it would have been a lot simpler to. And and also, uh, you, you, Mike, you said the the 
the uh, official that's with uh, with uh, CBS and Golf Channel, the, their on-course guy. What was it, Tackett, you said? Yeah. Yeah, he's – I mean, it's like – it's like watching the NFL and you have the the in-house rules official. They always side with what the what it's like a fraternity there. These guys are going to side with what they're playing their their partners are doing on the field because they they're, they're kind of they want to have their back. I mean, rarely do you see them discount what a rules official or a referee but has it, done on the field and he was not going to go out of his way to say, "Ah, that wasn't normally we would go in and approach it this way." He, he didn't even acknowledge that, which I th- it would have been nice for him to say, look, it's weird for him to pick up his ball, but by the rules of golf, he, you know, everything is fine, but it is a little strange that he picked up his ball without having somebody there. But at least on the NFL, when you listen to Gene Steratore or Mike Pereira, they're no longer employed by the NFL. They're not yeah. getting a paycheck by the NFL, NFL anymore. Which, Ken which, Tackett's, ten cats, ten, excuse me, Ken Tackett is sitting there collecting a paycheck He's on the clock for the PGA Tour. So he's well, only going to say, but so much. Sure. Absolutely. Right? My point exactly. Yeah. Basically a union. But guys. I need, I meant yeah. to check this out earlier and I completely forgot. I believe they changed a rule specifically for the PGA Tour that the officials can use video. And I think I've seen rulings where they've gone back to look at the tape to see where a ball crossed a hazard, excuse me, penalty area. Why couldn't, <laughs> Why couldn't Ken Tackett sitting there watching the CBS replay? He doesn't have a radio sitting next to him and say, "Hey, Brad Fable, that ball bounced." Totally like agree. it takes it takes well, a split second. But the the reason they don't do that is the logistics behind it because you can't film every single shot from every single group. So I think that's why they're not doing that from every time. I I know they have done it in certain circumstances, which I feel is I feel is a good thing. But I don't think they can implement that just from the standpoint of. Um, the logistics, but but behind trying to film every golfer and every golf shot. Now, I will say, going back to what we were talking about a minute ago, they do have a rules official now with every group. Correct? I, I don't know that. Question. Here's the thing on on that on that note, McLean. Like the guys that don't have a rules official with them are probably not playing that well. And if the guy, you know, if he's in sixty eighth place, and he, you know, who, who really cares? Yeah, fair enough. My my whole thing is that from I, I thought that at least there's a certain amount of groups that have rules officials with them every time, and it's either the entire field or it's the guys that are in the hunt. And, and if they're not I there, like, they're damn close, you know. Yeah, and if you have a rules official with your group, they should just be a part of every drop. I just feel like that should be how it is. This is the PGA Tour. We're playing for a lot of money here. Let's try to eliminate the amount of bad drops that we have to protect the field. If you have a rules official in your group, he should be there. It, what are the odds that two players are going to have a drop situation at the same time? Yeah. Excellent. You know, I will bad. say, you know, I, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to name drop here real quick. Hey, here we go. First one of the night. First one. First What's our time? Here we go. <laughs> what the, keep the tally. So Ches Reeve and I were playing the U S pub links in 2003. Yeah, you were. Yeah. Yeah, you were. So, but this is right along with the story. So we were playing. This is a pretty good match. I mean, Ches Reeve was, I don't know if he was the defending champion or two years removed, but I mean, he was a stud. I had to play him in the first round. So we were we were at on the 17th hole. My ball was on the fringe, like a two inches off. So, you know, you always have a marker with you that's walking around. So this is a perfect example. I'm getting ready to fix a divot on the green. Um, you know, it, I'm, I'm literally two inches you know, off the green in the fringe, but I'm, I'm, I've got a 15 footer for birdie. So I'm going, I've got my marker, my, my 
divot tool in my hand. I'm going to fix a mark on the green, which is only like three inches in front of my ball. I'm going to fix it. And the rules official comes running in. Whoa, 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 whoa. What are you doing? What are you doing? And, you know, Ches Reeby, obviously, you know, which is pretty cool of him. He came in and was like, look, he's like, you know, Mr. Official. They're like, hey, we got it. You know, if we need you, we'll ask you. You know, he's like, back off, you know, just let us do our thing. So, you know, to your point, if we have an official there, you know, it, 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 it takes away from what the game is like, Hey, me and this, me and this player are having a competition. If we need you, we'll ask you for your help. Um, so I don't know if we want to get too far involved where an official is there like a referee. We don't want to, we want them there if we need them to, to clarify the rules, but we don't want them coming in and, you know, telling, you know, everybody what they need to be doing every second. No, you know, I don't want them away from the, the game a little bit. I don't want them interjecting themselves into play. Yeah. Right. And I also don't want to bring instant replay necessarily into golf because I think it's kind of ruined a lot of other sports, in all honesty, of what it was intended to be. But if it's something that you can use that's fast, I mean, that was instantaneous. You can see that replay. The ball bounced. Okay, let's go on our way. There's no chance a ball anywhere in the history of golf has plugged on a bounce. I'm sorry. Unless it's casual water, and then at that point, it's a whole other rule. Yeah. But, Mike, like, isn't this kind of a moot point if – he just didn't touch his golf ball if he just had waited. And then, yeah. you know, cause at that point, if whether the official had deemed it embedded or not, we wouldn't have as much. Yeah. Unclarity because yeah. he didn't touch it. So exactly. And the and other I, thing, oh, go ahead. No, the other thing with, with my whole issue with the tour is they are now in bed with all these gambling companies and they are prom- actively promoting sports betting on golf you can go on DraftKings. You can have live bets during the round. You can sit there yeah. on your phone, on your couch, and, and get live bets. I haven't done it yet. I will. I, I did. But uh, if, I, if someone bets whether Patrick Reed can get up or down or not, that's going to matter, right, to someone's yeah. pocketbook, right? Sure. Their wallet's really going to be affected. So sure. if they're going to get in bed with these gambling companies, and I love it, Get it right. You better get this right, or you're going to have some really pissed off people. I don't. I don't mind with the. You know, I know that we want to. You know, we put. We can put this to bed here, but um, I don't mind if they have the information. If you have the video, if if somebody's being videoed and you have it, use it. If you don't, don't use it. Like, hey, sorry, Patrick, you're leading the tournament. We've got video footage of the ball bouncing, and we can see it. We're going to refer to it. You know, hey, and it's like the tiger rule. Like, hey, buddy, you're you're on camera all the time, so you can't mess up. Like, it is what it is. It comes with the territory. So, I think if it's there and you have the info, use it. If you don't have the camera, then if it's not on that group, then you can't use it. But if it's there, you got to use it within the round. Like, I don't like the coming back. You know, two days later and changing something. That's ridiculous. I think that's bullshit. But if you do it within the round. Like, hey, you know, we've got video evidence that this ball did this, blah, blah, blah. We'll, and then we'll go from there. But all right. Um, so on on this, and hold on, like a little side note, back to Jay's story a little bit. I ask you each quick answer. Divot repair tool or are you are you a T? Like Jay, like I know what you are, but you said divot repair tool. Yeah. You the guy that has it now clipped to your hat now? Is that what you're saying? <laughs> No, I can't use a T. It just I'm I'm not. I gotta have two prongs because I do a lot of twisting and I get it. Yeah, I know. Get you're in that, there. You're that the guy. superintendents yeah. hate Jay. I've watched him fix a ball mark. The superintendents hate Jay. I'm an amazing. I can. I'm a divot fixing machine. Way better than you. You use that little stupid tool with the one T thing. Yeah, because you, you push it. in and you fix it correctly. And Scott Malden, our great superintendent of the Finery Golf Club, but loves you use it. that thing, Mikey. Yeah. 
I use mm. a two prong sometimes, but I don't twist around in there and rip shit up like Jay does. No, no, no. You push it forward, dude. Yeah, you get in there, push it forward. Oh. That one T doesn't do anything. It takes forever, dude. If All right, I'm gonna Mac, Mac, Mac Boyd. I'm, I'm gonna team. name drop. I'm gonna name drop this I'm one time 100%. years ago. I was playing with Jay Woodson, and I comp commented on you fixing a ball mark. And I said, you did that wrong. And you're like, I don't care. I want it flat. I'm playing for a lot of money. He's so aggressive when he fixes ball marks. Too, <laughs> I, mean, isn't he? I, I, I mean, he's going a- in. I'm like, Jay, you, are you digging for gold? Or are you like, <laughs> he does. He like, he, his knuckles are like, I mean. <laughs> Hands hey, aggressive. Amazing. I will fix it and I will make it flat. And it'll be the prettiest thing you've ever seen. The, yeah. the one rule that I learned when I was playing golf as a kid, you fix it to where you could putt over it. Like, yeah. like you were never there. Like you want to fix it to where you were like you were never there. Who cares about the roots underneath? Kill yeah. the spot. No. Two days no. later, you can tell you were there. No. My my divot fixing skills are on point. So, do you guys think Rory's situation was any better, any worse, the same? I think we wouldn't have heard about it if it wasn't for Patrick Reed. Reed. They, they went back to try to find that footage. I think Rory on his burner account, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> no, seriously. Have you guys not heard about this? No. Oh, I, look I, it up. Look it up. All right. So it's Rory would never cheat. There's a burner account out there. It's a Twitter account. It's called Use Golf Facts with facts capitalized for some reason. If you look at their history, it's all pretty much all supportive of Patrick Reed. And this user goes after people who disparage Patrick Reed. And for a long time now, His it's wife's- been. What's, what's yes, they think it's his wife, Justine, or Justin. him or his camp or whoever doing this. Well, the other night, Use Golf Facts put it on the same exact tweet was on Patrick Reed's timeline and Use Golf Facts. Like they didn't know which account they were posting it under. Whoops. Yep. Caught red-handed, boys. That's pretty funny, man. Didn't Kevin, Gar- uh, not Kevin, uh, Kevin Durant do something like that? Didn't he have like a... Like a- yeah, they, all these guys do. Um, yes, true. We wouldn't have known about Rory if it wasn't for use golf facts. Thanks, Justine. But I don't know how they how they knew that because that wasn't on the air anywhere. So I'm not sure. Someone tipped the Reed camp off on that one. That's pretty funny. I didn't know that's where it all came. I mean, yeah, Rory, like Rory's not going to cheat. You know, I mean, guys make mistakes, and but like I don't know. I I, I saw it was, there was a lot of similarities, but but not. You know. He called the the guy. I I don't know who I don't know who Roy was playing with. Sabatini. Sabatini. So he bent over. He said, playing Roy." He said, "Yeah." He was like, "Hey, Rory, I, I think this ball's embedded. I'm going to check it." And Rory says, "Roy Sabatini. That is." He was basically like, "Yeah, I you know I trust you because you haven't you haven't had any. You don't have a history of cheating." <laughs> so he's like, "Yeah, I trust you. If it's if it's embedded, it's embedded." You know. And Rory obviously marked it. Looked there. Felt like it broke the surface. He was in with within his right to to take the drop, and he did. Um, I, I just like us, like we said, I think the way that Patrick Reed went about it, especially with his history, it just made it awkward. It just made it weird. Um, and he's, yeah, I, I think reputation plays a whole a huge part of it. Right. Cause sure. even Rory back, uh, I don't know if you guys remember the story or saw the story back in the summer at the PJ championship, he gave himself a worse lie on a drop. He was looking for his ball off the side of the green. There was a huge search party for it and someone stepped on it. And so by rule, he's allowed to recreate the lie and place the ball. He doesn't even have to drop it. He can place it and recreate it. Well, when he placed it and recreated it, he's like, that's too good of a lie. 
He's like, this has to be a worse lie. We couldn't find this thing. It took someone stepping on it to find it, and he gave himself a worse lie. So doing something like that versus raking away mounds of sand behind your golf ball in a bunker is going to change how the same action is perceived. Yeah. Well, I think I think your reputation changes how each action is perceived. Sure. Yeah, hundred percent. You want to hear a good uh good rules story from uh from back in the day? I, I I've heard it from um from my old man told me this story about a guy. Um, well, first had, off, wait, can I stop you? Can we say happy birthday to the old man? Yeah. Right. <laughs> Shares a birthday with Payne Stewart this uh, this past Saturday. So happy birthday. I don't know. That. I don't know if he even knew that. <laughs> I bet that they knew that at some point. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure they shared a, a beverage at time. How, how old would Payne Stewart be today? Anybody know? 64, I believe. Really? 64. Man. Wow. Mm. That's crazy. Sorry, uh, Tom. Sorry, Tom. Continue. Oh, no, no, no. Yeah. A, um, so uh, a, a guy that had a, a unique reputation back in the day by the name of Sevi Ballesteros, right? So <laughs> story goes, and I can't remember for the life of me who his playing partner was. Probably better. I don't. Um, so they're playing. It's kind of not a blind tee shot, but you can't really see where the balls land. So they both drive it over this hill. They go up there and then whoever Sevy was playing with is walking his ball. And it's kind of, there's like a drain right at the edge of the fairway. So he kind of, his ball is close to it and he walks over and he's getting ready to hit it. And he goes, Hey, Sevy, come over here. He says, um, if I stand like this, will I get relief? And he, and he stands like, you know, an absurd stance, right? That you would never stand that way. Just he's, spread his legs out. So his foot's touching the drain. It, it, if I, if this is my stance, like I get relief, right? And Sevy says, no, he said, well, what if I kind of stand like this and he kind of shifts a little bit, but he's still on the drain. It's still absurd. He says, I get relief, right? So he says, no, he says, you sure? So he says, yeah, he goes, good. Come hit it. That's your ball. <laughs> he walked off. <laughs> Pretty good. Right? That's classic. There's a couple others that you know. I don't know if I can necessarily tell, but um, yes, you can. Yeah, just <laughs> just have a couple, dude. I, I love the I love the Sevy stories. So all of the Sevy stories that you have, you got to bring them up when 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 the time is right. right. Uh, th- these are classic. <laughs> and you guys, that, with your fake Spanish accent, is is like the best. <laughs> I, all I said was no, 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 no. That's the only word he can say in Spanish. That's that's like the well, that was like the one uh, when he four putted on a green. There's like, how did you four putt that green? Is is like I missed, I missed, I missed, I make. That's so good, right? He's uh, I mean, what a care. But like every generation in golf has had their, you know, you could probably find the guy that you know maybe he was a little aggressive in uh in the you know rules department, but um. You know, calling somebody a cheater—that's a—that's a big deal, right? Yeah. So, not—I'm not, not going to ever say that because I don't know all the details on anybody. But um, you know, there's been throughout the game, there's been guys that you know tried to use things to their advantage. I think we need to roll the tape from last week. I'm pretty sure I called this. Didn't someone pick Patrick Reed? You said, oh yeah, local guy, him, local guy, going to play well. And I said, yeah, and he'll cheat. Were my words? <laughs> well, we're both right. I said he'd win, and you say he'd cheat. So. <laughs> winner, winner. Two for two. So what about the actual golf tournament? You know, uh, that's it. I'm glad you brought that up. I'm looking at the, the leaderboard right now. Well, we looked at some of the stats for uh, Patrick Reed. Cause I know Mikey was saying that he thought he won while hitting the ball bad. And unfortunately, the stats do not back that up. Ah, uh, I got I got stats that do. So go ahead. All right. All right. I'd love to hear it. Uh, he was 
10th in strokes gained putting, 39th in strokes gained approach. The biggest thing that I saw was greens and regulation. He was T89. So that was, you know, he didn't necessarily hit the ball well into the green, but he was um, uh, third in strokes gained. I'm sorry. Where is it? Well, you know, that's something he and Seve, they had, that's another thing they have in common. Like their short game is pretty phenomenal. Yeah, he led yep. the field in strokes gain around the green. That's where I was going with that. So that he trick. did. He didn't hit a ton of greens, but he got up and down better than anyone. The guy's a wizard. Man. Yeah, he's got Patrick Reed. I mean, love him or hate him, and that's why I, you know I, I I get so upset that like he even has this reputation because the dude is a stud. Like he's a stick. Like if he didn't have this reputation, I mean he I mean he wins. He's won a won a tournament. One tournament a year for the last four or five years now. I think that, that was the stat that I heard. I mean, the guy can he's 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 a stick and he's got great hands. He puts it great. He's a great clutch putter, great short game, great hands. I mean and he God. wins he wins big events too with strong He'd, fields. As soon as as soon as he this happened, was it Friday that happened or Saturday? Saturday. As soon as that happened, I was like, he's gonna win. Like he just he when it whenever things are stacked against him like that, and like he just steps up like he, does, he feeds off of it. Yeah, yeah he it, feeds it, off it, of it. That's exactly right. Duck feathers. That water just rolls right off of his back. Yeah, it's, uh, it's impressive. I know JT wishes he had a little bit of that right now. Yeah, I mean, all all these guys do. I mean, it's it's not easy to like to shun all of these words that are just like these darts that are just coming at you from every direction, and he just. It just doesn't seem to affect him. Like, and it makes him stronger. I was just saying, like, it goes the other way. Yeah. It, like, he, I mean, I hate to say it, but like, if there was a villain in golf, like, he, like, this guy, oh, he is definitely the villain. He He gets so much energy off of the hate that comes his way. And it's like, like, that's why he's so good at the Ryder Cup. Like, he gets in these events and people are just, just all these nasty names that they, they spew out and he just loves it. You got to respect it a little bit. I mean, you, you got to. I mean, absolutely it's incredible. To. Respect what, what he's able to do and how he's able to kind of to to channel and harness. Yeah. Um, it, it's just unfortunate because, yeah. man, it's like, yeah, he's got a he's a happy. It seems like he looks like a, a jovial fella. He's got a great smile, you know, like and then there's just, you know, then <laughs> he's a psychopath. But uh, now a little bit away from Patrick Reed, still talking about the farmers. Uh, wait, 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 wait. I, I didn't give my stats. You gave your stats. <laughs> oh, well, let's, <laughs> let me defend let's, myself here, pal. <laughs> let's Ghost. hear him. All Ghost right. Statsy. So he only hit 61% of his greens, which ranked stats McGee 63rd of the 79 players that make the cut. However, he got up and down and safe par 71% of the time he missed the greens. He gained a total of nine strokes on the field when you combined all the stats this weekend. Eight of them were around the green bunker play. And putting, He's and he won by five. Yeah. So, so, so I will say this: how many knowing greens, how many my game, I, I I love that. Right? I hit the ball short and crooked. He doesn't hit short, but I hit it short <laughs> terrible, and crooked. Terrible and can, combination. And I can chip my ass off though, boys. So that was my kind of win right there. But it also like those numbers mean so he he missed he missed plenty of greens, but the ones he hit, damn if he did, he must have birdied all of them. You know, or, or uh, he close. putted well. It's like these guys, and that's what's cool about, you know, you look at the stats and the way these guys play is, is when they hit it good or hit it where they want to, they're going to make a birdie, right? Because mm. they make 15-footers like 
you pouring in a two footer. And Absolutely. when they miss greens, they get it up and I mean, it's just, yeah, you know, it's not as perfect as people think. And that's what this is a perfect thing. One by five, lap the field. But as you guys were just saying, like his stats weren't perfect. And, and flip side, the the week before, right? Um, when uh, who won? What was his name? Exactly. Um, he, <laughs> but he, remember his stats were he 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 hit ninety percent of his greens at every fairway. Siwoo, 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 shaking that shaking ass, that ass. shaking right. that ass. Right. We got to work that into every episode. <laughs> Yes, we do. Like, like, what's yeah. his name? Up, oh, my point exactly. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but no, I, um, I, I kind of thought, but I didn't want to even attempt. But um, so right, it's a flip side. That guy did everything right, and then you look at this, and yeah. So, anyway, well, he was it made he sense was, in my head. Did it not make sense to you guys? No, yeah. it was perfect sense. Totally. Didn't make um, crystal clear. Well, the one thing I will say is that yes, he was t eighty nine in greens and regulation, but he was third in putts per greens in regulation so when he did hit the green he was converting a lot of birdies i want to say he made uh 19 birdies on the week which i think was i know it was top five i don't know exactly if it led the field or not we got a couple of eagles too yeah yeah that's, that's like yeah that's a huge when you make an eagle on a tough tough golf course like that it's like picking up three shots on the field it's crazy speaking about a tough golf course that's going to be a bear come june in the u.s open if they get yeah. dry conditions because it was soft I mean, they had ball in hand almost all weekend. Lift clean in place. Yeah, long uh, played longer than they're used to ever playing that golf course. And they also played one round on the north. So, yes, and they got one round in the north. I think that's going to be, you know, because they you said it a couple times in the broadcast that they're going to pinch the fairways in. They've already started pinching the fairways in for the open, and they're going to pinch them in even more by the time they get to June. Good. And if they get dry conditions, which they're most likely going to get in June in San Diego. It's going to be firm, fast, tough. Because last time in 08, I think Rocco and Tiger were the only ones under par. Yeah, that wouldn't it wouldn't surprise me if it were, if it were like that again. And if it's, it's dry, similar score. If it's dry, I see them definitely stretching it out. Yeah. They've got the length for it. Yeah. Well, I mean, as y'all know, like dry doesn't always mean easier. You know, a lot of times it can be, you know, much, much tougher. Um, oh, yeah. You know, run throughs. It's uh, it'd be interesting to see. Like, what? So, what if they, honest guy, what if they grew the rough, you know, three feet deep, like literally where you, like that would be, and I mean, you couldn't do it, right? No one would finish, but it would be interesting to really see, like, if you truly made a premium on drive. And I know the U.S. Open does, and and I feel like it's gotten back to the traditional U.S. Open, um, in you know the last couple of years, but like to to the point where like if Bryson drives it in the rough and he's got a hundred and 48 yards and he can't get it to the green like that's that that's would awesome. be interesting what, what was the last time we had like a, a u.s open where it was like four or five over Chip par I mean, over par, four or five over par i mean every year somebody's either par one over one under but like and i and that's awesome but when was the last time we had like a four or five oh. or six over par wing foot. what did what did uh, what did ogilvy win wing foot last time i think he won that was like, oh that was 2000 yeah. Six, six. That was yeah. what he won. That was when that was when Mickelson blew it into the tent right. to the left, and 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 was he not over par? Was he not over par? It was it was right around par. I mean, it may have been one over par. I mean, we can pull it up and find out. But 
I mean, I, you know, some of those U.S. Opens in the 70s and 80s, you oh, know, man. you look back and like, oh, seven over par. I'm like, man, these well, guys, that was the mascot. Yeah, I mean, you know, those are kind of they're kind of cool to watch these guys really grind. Like, you know, I mean, right, I, I, got I guess it's not great TV and that's why. But it's I don't know. As If you're a golf enthusiast, it's kind of fun to see these guys really you know, they really have to strategize. And, and it's a lot different type of golf. Give them a chance. So, like it, it could work Kepka. at a wing foot, but it, you know some of these places where you where it's all target golf and it's all force yeah. carries, like it, it it could get unplayable. But I'm yeah. with you, Jay. I, I love watching guys have to really be strategic. Yeah. So Kepka in 2018 won right. at plus plus one. That's when they got stupid crazy on that Saturday, and then they eased it up on yeah. Sunday. Tommy Fleetwood shot 63, had a putt for 62. Um, so he was Kepka was plus one. Then you have to go back to 2013 at Marion. Yeah. Justin Rose Justin plus Rose. one. Which was awesome because remember, everybody was saying, oh, you can't go to Marion. It's too short. I love and, that. Yeah, that was. Well, Webb, it's just, Webb Simpson plus one at Olympic in 2012. So the last massacre we had back to back, it was in 06, Ogilvy at Wingfoot was plus five. Yeah. yeah. 07, Angel Cabrera. That's right. Oakmont, Oakmont. was plus five as well. So that's when the nice. real massacres were. He's got yeah, bigger problems on his too. hands right now. Oakmont, but. Oakmont is the is a place that they could. I mean, if they wanted to, they could make it so ridiculous where you, I, I, the winning score could be ten over par. Like they could, they Easy. could do it if they wanted to. <laughs> it's, it's so hard. It's so hard. But fair. But again, Oakmont's one of those places, kind of like like a wing foot. Some of these old traditional places where if you grew it super deep, the rough, you, you'd have to slow the greens down a little bit. But like. Guys could still give them a chance. Just Oakmont's just like Wingfoot. You can still run it up to the front of these greens. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, give them a chance in that regard. It's just where it gets where it gets dicey is when it's you know deep rough and Force then carries. super slick, fast, hard greens. It's, yeah. it's a that's a you know what though? You know you just hit hit it in the fairway. Yeah. Well to combat play, some of the distance the to combat some of the distance, I'm not gonna call them issues, but what some people perceive as issues with how far these guys are hitting it nowadays. Brandel Chambly wrote an article, I don't think it was last month, maybe. He had all these kind of crazy stats on actually growing the rough up. It's not necessarily getting the golf courses longer or tighter. It's just strictly rough. And he was looking at average yardic distance gains versus scoring average versus scoring average from the fairways versus scoring average from the rough. And his thing was by far the longer the rough, the higher these guys shot. It wasn't even necessarily the length. Because they're, they're going to hit it far. You're not going to stop them hitting it far. There's not going to be any equipment changes because the equipment companies are going to go for it. There's too much money invested in it, right? So what do you do? And you can't just make every golf course 8,200 yards. So it's got to be the rough. is the only way you can kind of start to and, make and these guys try to hit it in the fairway. You couple well, that with about. you couple that with firm, fair, firm greens. So if you've got super thick rough and firm greens, so... For like to to Bryson's, you know what he's been doing. Like you play a U.S. Open at Marion, that's only seven thousand yards, if that. And you've got narrow fairways, super thick rough, and you've got super firm greens. I don't care if you hit your driver three fifty in the rough, and you're trying to hit you know hit a wedge out of the rough to a green that's super firm. Um, good luck trying to get it close to the hole. It's all about getting it close to the hole. That's how these guys make birdies. You know that's how they make birdies on every hole. You know, par fours with wedges, par fives, get it close to the hole. That's how you make birdies. And now if you if you lengthen the rough and if you firm the greens, you can't get it close to the hole. And that's the same thing um, with, 
you know, some of the, you know, exterior conditions like the wind, like when, when it's really windy, um, even if you have perfect playing conditions in terms of the fairways and, you know, no rough and the wind's blowing 30 miles an hour, guys can't get it close to the hole. They can't make birdies when they can't get it close to the hole. So I got an idea. I have a thought on this. So this is my way to solve a lot. It's like, like you said, equipment companies, things aren't going to change there. So what if this is going to make me sound like a redneck, but what if golf adopted kind of the NASCAR philosophy in regards to tires and golf? But what if at the beginning of every week, the tour, you, you show up at the tournament and they hand you, here are your three dozen go, you know, balls for the week. Everybody plays the same ball. Here are your balls. Figure it out. You don't like happen. that. Right? It, it no, I, well, I, know I don't mind that. I don't mind that. It's I know it won't happen. happen. I'm just saying that would happen. be phenomenal because then well, you can, you know, then learn to, then, you know, then the guys that get super creative to make that ball work for them with their techn- their equipment, that's fine. But, like, at least there's something, at least there's one thing that is consistent. central. It's consistent. Well, I've got I've got something that's going to sound very wacky. Well, this is your this is your you know area of expertise. This is a good spot for that. Good, good. Um, so everyone's talking about trying to combat this with longer golf courses, by purification golf balls, trying to roll the ball back, roll the driver back, whatever it is. Um, this is going to be opposite method of thinking. But have you ever thought about playing shorter golf courses? Take driver out of some of these guys' hands. That way, it makes yeah. it more fair throughout the field. Of course, we're going to have a tight golf course. We're going to have long rough. We're going to have tough greens. How but fun would that be to watch? Are, there are golf courses to where all of a sudden it's not an advantage to hit it three ninety. Yeah, I mean you know? that's no brainer. Look at Harbor Town. I mean, who wins Harbor Town yeah. every year? That's exactly right. Well, Marion, we just talked about takes Marion. The yeah. game, it takes the game back to some craft. It takes it to where it's more it's more thought-provoked. You can't just bomb and gouge everywhere you go. Sure, there's going to be some holes and some courses where distance is an advantage. You can't totally alleviate that you know, aspect of the game, but I think it also brings a larger number of golfers into the field each week, or I shouldn't say into the field, but into um, an opportunity where they can be competitive and can, and can contest contest for a win that'd be awesome um, i mean i think there's other ways to do it I, I think everyone's getting so extreme with their thoughts of we need a different golf ball we need to roll back the distance yada yada i don't think that's the answer i think bryson hitting it 390 is good for our sport it brings people to it they want to watch it they want to see it now does it have to be an advantage on every hole i don't think so mm-hmm. well I we're like- going to kind of get a test here so not this year because obviously tory is um, a monster from the backs, 7,700. But the next two U.S. Opens are at some old-school, shorter courses. So the Country Club in Brookline, Mass. Uh, have you ever been there, Mikey? I, I live there and work there. So, Tom, have yeah. you ever been there? Uh, yes, one one time. <laughs> one time. It's a Monday finish that year. I was there on a Monday. <laughs> I wasn't there for that. I uh. <laughs> Went and played years later, and you know they they wouldn't let me in the clubhouse because I wasn't a member. But you know, no big deal. Sorry, sorry, sir. You're you're not welcome. Yeah. You're not welcome here. It hey, charged, they didn't they didn't let five hundred dollars play. That's okay. it. It took them forever to let Tom Brady and Robert Kraft in there. So, um, it and Tom was living on the golf course, and they wouldn't let him in for forever. But so that's that's a short golf course, yeah. really small greens. When I was there, it was sixty nine hundred. I know Gil Hans went in a few years ago, and he's maybe still be doing some changes to get it ready for the U.S. Open. I'm assuming he's lengthening it a little bit, but there is not a lot of space. It is a very, very tight property. It, it's, it's small screens I've ever seen, Mikey. Like you, they you, are unbelievably they, small. They're the smallest I've, I've ever seen. Perfect. Like, comical. That's that's a, that's going to be my first U.S. Open. Then that's the you one. Can mow those greens. Literally, you could cut all those greens with like a hand mower 
all of them in like an hour and a half. I mean, it's it's, like, you stand in the middle and just kind of, I mean, some of these grains were the, is, is unbelievable how small some are, which is awesome. And they so, turn. Yeah, like that'll be a great life. test. Yeah. Oh, I, th- I think it's going to be awesome. I mean, like just to your point, McLean, like I don't, you don't need to make these longer. I mean, Marion was a great example of like, you can still play these older classic golf courses, narrow the fairways, grow the rough up. Hey guys, hit it in the fairway. You know, if you want to control your ball and control your ball, which all these guys want, then hit it in the fairway. Now you're in, you've got supreme control over your ball, golf ball, hit it in the fairway. And you know what else you see at a lot of these older courses as well? Very mature trees that you just can't hit it over. Yeah. Know? Yes. Yeah. I love that about the, the, the Northeastern New England golf. It's awesome. Well, then in 2023, the, the Open's going to Los Angeles Country Club. Oh, that's Ooh, the that's North Course, site. which again yes. is an old school. I think it was 1920s. It's only about 7,000 yards. So you play shorter than that because it's so firm out there. All yeah. So but we'll get was, a good test of how how to short and they're going to have to have unbelievably fast greens and, and tall rough. So we'll super, see how it works. Super firm fairways, firm greens, and thick rough is like the the ultimate combo. It's like especially you, if, if you drive it in that camp. Yeah, it you, you just, if you drive like, it in the fairway, if you're able to hit the fairway, then you've got a little wedge in, and you can you can you can make birdie. But if you miss the fairway, you you can't keep it on the green, or you know it's just like. It's like the ultimate combo. Um, that that would be that would be a super super good test. That would be super fun because there'll be some birdies, there'll be some bogeys, there'll be some doubles. That'll be that'd be fun be, to watch. That'll be an amazing one. I, I was fortunate enough to play in a, um, a, a pretty cool AM event, uh, LACC, a couple times. And um, the last year I was there, they were testing some pins and some and some new tees and stuff because it was prior to the Walker Cup as well. So it was like, and I mean. I hit three wood into two par threes, put it that way. I mean, and like with those greens, like concrete, you're like, I don't know on, uh, on, on the back nine, was it 11, 11? I'm hit, I'm trying to hit in the front bunker. Cause if it lands on the green, Lord knows where it's going to go, you know, yeah. it's cool. but that'll be, that'll be interesting. Especially being back in LA for, yeah. for a U.S. open. That'll be, that'll be fun. We yeah. should maybe start doing our U.S. open week live from live from, I love that's, that. Idea. That's dangerous, but sure. Okay. Um, who's where's that budget? Where's that gonna come from? Speaking of budget, never mind. We'll get that later. Um we'll take that offline. Uh McLean, what are you playing with there, pal? Such a check. You didn't get that check. <laughs> no. I got Venmo, pal. I don't know if anyone uses checks anymore. I don't believe in that. I, I told you last episode I thought I could make this happen. And I was just able to procure us. And Autoflex SF505 double X. All right. And even I don't know what half that means, but the throngs that follow us on Instagram, follow myself on Instagram, we posted it. McLean got his hands on it. It was a shaft that we had talked about last week. Uh, Adam Scott, as soon as we uh, did the pod, Adam Scott was seen putting it into play at the Farmers last week. And now McLean has got one. Is this ours or we have to give it back, McLean? Uh, we do have to give this back. <laughs> Damn it! Well, but, I heard. I, mean, I thought the reason Adam put it on in the testing bag. didn't Adam put it in the bag because he heard us talking about it. That, I'm that's exactly sure. what yeah. I thought. Uh, he tuned in first episode for sure. He was an early listener, early adopter, um, and I think he immediately goes, "You know what? If these four guys think Autoflex is the key, I think it's for me." Yeah. Adam, how did he drive, did he drive the ball, McLean? How does? How did he? Yes. 
he was faster, both club head speed and um, ball speed. With that being said, he did put a new head in play and a new okay. ball. So he said he attributed some of that, but he said that the shaft was probably about an equal part um, in making that happen and in, in, uh, finding those gains. Okay, cool. Well, we're going to, uh, McLean's going to make his way up to Richmond to Powhatan this week, and we're going to give it a test run at the foundry if the weather is okay. We'll do it outside. If not, we'll do it in our studio. Maybe we'll record some video from it. We'll have some data and and talk about it uh, on the next show. And I expect at least 10 miles an hour club head speed out of it. With the, so. with the autoflex? I would take the under. <laughs> Damn it. Something's got to do it. Um. Sorry, dude. Gym. Sorry, I went Stretching. and got a. Uh, I just got a drink. What did I miss here, boys? Sorry. Did you guys see the screech died? I did. That had to have been overdose, right? I, I don't. I mean, I don't know. I just cancer, cancer. Oh, I feel bad now. Sorry. Wow. Yeah, you're that guy. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you, you had reason to. Uh, well, wasn't he? Act. He had all kinds of drug issues before. I think. I think so. That's too bad. One love, Screech. Rest in peace, brother. That's right. Right. I, 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 let's pour one out for Screech. Yeah. yeah. Made, made it through my, made it Everyone raise your glasses. I'm, for I'm, I'm not wasting a drink on Screech. Yeah. I'm not either. <laughs> but I, I did watch every single episode of Say Love. Every single episode. Makes me want to go back and watch it. Makes me want to also see if Mikey just spilled anything on his floor. Um, Just spilled but, something all over my computer. <laughs> I saw that. That, looked, I mean, I that think, looked rough. Are we, and I think you guys were talking about the Autoflex. I think we talked about it earlier. Um, I, I reached out to a buddy of mine, name drop number two. Olympic level. He's on top of the podium. Uh, my buddy, John Lamani, we played a lot of uh, golf back in the day. He's caddying for uh, Adam Scott right now. And uh, he, I asked him, I was like, what's the deal with this autoflex shaft? Like what, you know, it, does he like, you know, does Adam Scott like the shaft? He was like, basically said the same thing that you guys have probably already commented on. It's, it's kind of a softer profile. Um, he, and I, I mentioned that it looked like he didn't hit it very well that last day, but he said he striped it, you know, Thursday and Friday and hit it great. Uh, gained probably two to three miles an hour ball speed just with the shaft. Um, but he also said that he, you know, drove the, uh, or hit, he's got a new ball in play, new Pro V1 in play. And then uh, obviously the new Titleist had all of those combined together uh, have made a difference. So, I mean, I'm, I'm curious to see it. Um, I, I, I mean, I'm at the point where I think that would be awesome for some of these, some of us slower, slower listeners here that don't have the speed like Adam Scott. You know, I don't want to hear it. Listen. You cut that out. You, your speed dwarfed. I mean, you blew him out of the water for forever. So I don't, don't, I don't hear, you know, my, you got one arm right now. One, I am one arm right now, but you know, needless to say, it, it there's got to be something going on with it. And, um, and McLean, I don't know, do you know much about that Patterson company, the Patterson shaft? They've got kind of the same kind of dynamic um, with the Autoflex. I don't know if the the materials are the same or what, but they've got kind of a Uniflex shaft as well, where it's like it can, it's like one flex and, it, and they make it work. I mean, a Kyle, Kyle Berkshire, um, name drop number three. Name drop there. Name drop number <laughs> Job number three, a good buddy of mine, Bobby Peterson, is uh, Kyle Berkshire's instructor, and he's talked about you know the Patterson shaft that they use, and he says they're similar, a similar kind of setup. So I, I don't know en- enough about it yet, but I mean I'm, I'm going to try to dig into it with you. I mean you, you're the expert, so I'll try I to gather as much info as I can. I actually spoke a little bit about Patterson shafts today with 
my guy who helped me uh, get the autoflex. Quick shout out to my club maker, Bryant Brothers, out in Shelby, North Carolina. Yeah, uh, for helping us make this happen. Go ahead, um, Brian. Go ahead, Brian. Great, great shaft dealer, great uh, club fitter, great guy. Uh, all in all, we need to have player. a do. We need to have a name drop um, counter for you too. Be sure I'm going to try to get out. I'm, I'm working. I'm going to work there. on a bell or a ding or something for the next. Episode. I love that. We definitely need a ding. Hey, McLean, explain like so when people say ball speed, right? So I increased three miles an hour ball speed. What is that like? Tell me what that means in distance. I know that's Isn't it about nine yards. Isn't it roughly like three yards for? It's three yards for roughly every mile an hour, um, but that that's taking into consideration that your launch and spin is absolutely perfect. Yeah. Everything's meshing. Right. Yeah. Okay. So, so essentially what you're saying, and this is actually like, we could have a whole, you know, episode on this, but so if, if you increase ball speed, but your um, spin and launch are not optimal, it, it could almost could it work against you. It can in certain extreme situations. If okay. you're someone with, very high spin by adding speed you can actually add more spin that's that's fairly common sense there i think we all get that aspect of it but if you're someone that's already high spin and you start creating more spin because you've added speed well you'll probably end up net net i i I wouldn't say necessarily that you're gonna end up with a loss but you can create more speed and hit hit it further carry wise certainly shorter or about the same, but you're going to lose out more so on the roll aspect of it. So total distance, you could probably end up uh, on the uh, shorter side. What's optimal now? Because I, when I was doing hard goods, it was like, you know, you launched it at 12 and a half. I mean, I can't, I can't remember what it's like. Let's say 12 and a half, and it was 2,300 spin. I mean, is that similar? Is it changed? All what depends it? on your speed. It all depends on your okay. speed. The slower you are, the higher launch and more spin that you need to keep it in the air. Thing, right. So, you know, just to give just to give a quick example, Dustin Johnson's going to be among the higher um, speed guys on the PGA Tour. He can get away with about eighteen hundred RPMs of spin because his ball velocity helps keep the ball in the air. He doesn't need that spin to help keep the ball in the air. Right. Whereas if you go to a guy like a Zach Johnson, for example, he's going to be a little bit, you know, I don't know the exact number, but let's say it's about 20 mile an hour short um just from a ball ball speed perspective yeah he's gonna want something you know depending on what his launch is i would guess in the neighborhood of 22 to 2400 spin he's probably gonna need to launch it a little bit higher as well dj's probably gonna launch it around 10 at 18 1900 with a ball speeds of 185 whereas a guy with 160 ball speed is gonna want to launch it a little bit higher, maybe around 12 with 2,200 RPMs. The other thing that a lot of people don't consider, they always talk about launch angle. One of the biggest things, especially with the driver is land angle, you know, in ideal circumstances, they talk about 36 degrees being, you know, perfect. But with that being said, the biggest thing is making sure that when your ball lands, you're still able to create roll. So it allows you to max out your carry distance, but then also create the um, optimal amount of roll as well. Well, and, and, you know, in summary to all our millions of listeners, like getting fit throngs, throngs properly, of listeners. properly fit is it's, it's, it's important. And I don't care, right? Like if you're a tour player or if you're a, you know, 18 handicap, like it can help you probably more so on the, on the higher handicap side, right? You 100 the right equipment, the right shit, like getting the right stuff. And it'll it'll make the game more enjoyable. And um, you can you can really ruin ruin a great golfer with with 
poor with poor fitting. Like you can take a guy who's got great skill, great technique, and you put the wrong shaft, the wrong head, and then the, you know it, it's like two, three, four shots. It's Wait, it makes a huge difference. No. Jay, I'm for example, like I've been all this. I've been through this. You know, I found out I'm left-handed. <laughs> you know what I found out? That my clubs are too long. Yeah. I need to cut them in half so they fit in the trash can. Yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> That sounds like a Bob Goldby line or something. That's, Over the knee. Fantastic. So let's, um, real fast, just let's just shut up. Paul Casey wins in Dubai. I used to not like him, but I kind of like him now. Totally I agree. Like him a lot. It's Love his like golf him, swing. Right? Love his tempo. We've, we've talked about a lot of tempo guys on here, and I think Paul Casey goes on that list right there with Payne Stewart and some others. Jay's rolling his eyes, not impressed. No, I mean. You don't, you don't like him? He's fine. I like Paul Casey. Hey, Just say it, Jay. Say it. How about your boy Tony Finau finishing second? <laughs> Another <laughs> top five for Finau. Tony, Another, Tony, I we'll will get say you he on didn't the show here soon, buddy. You, I'm, 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 I'm in your camp, buddy. I think you're gonna are. win a major, we dude. You're gonna win a major soon. So yeah, yeah. Tony another, another top 10 was he got like a thousand top tens since he's been on he's tour. now up to 36. We're going to keep a weekly counter 36 top 10 since his last, uh, win in 2016 at an opposite field event. I'll state that. Yeah. You know, that guy, he's a competitor. You can see it. Like he's a class act. He wants to win. And these, I know these seconds probably eat him up, but you know, when he goes to the ATM machine, yeah, withdrawal okay. like it, you know he's I, okay. He doesn't have to check his balance. Let's put it that the way. Bank he's loves good. him. He gets greeted in the parking lot. He, I mean, he's gonna win. Finau's gonna win Above. at least two majors before he's done. I'm on. You can mark my words right now. I'm saying it. It's on air. It's a. Oh, bet against that. I, I, Tony Finau's gonna win two majors I'm, or more. Before he's done. I if he gets that. that, if he gets that putter hot, I think he can roll. Uh, run off a lot of wins very quickly. Dude, Remember it, what Jay said last week. There's a reason he holds it like that. Well, he, you see, he he changed it a little bit this week. He is a little bit more conventional, not the weird. Although he still has the fingers down the shaft. And you know, Ian uh, Ian Baker Finch, he actually commented on it too. He said, "You know, guys are having a problem when they've got both fingers down the shaft like that." Um, which you know, Brooks Kepka, but Brooks Kepka did that and won. Yeah, one he still of does. Sticking he's got one. Like he's got his right one still down the. Yeah, so I was gonna say I, he won I, all his. I'm okay with the fingers down the shaft as long as they're holding it in in a conventional way, because look, you swing every single club if you're right-handed with your your lead hand or your strong hand. I shouldn't say lead hand. Your strong hand on the lower part of the the shaft. I mean, that's the way you hold every. Unless you're Josh Broadway, shout out Josh Brady, name, name drop number four, five, six. Um, Josh Broadway, cross-handed player, played 20 years, Web, PJ Tour, anyway, great player. But he held it cross-handed. But most players will hold it the conventional way, and there's a reason they do that. Anatomically, it works the right way, blah, 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 all the jargon that you don't want to hear. But there's a reason for it, and and I think – and I like, I'd much rather see Tony hold it like that, even with the fingers down – uh, the shafts, he's going to – this is going to be – I think I think Tony's going to win a major this year. I'm going to say it. Ooh. I'm just all right. Okay. Let's, all right. Right now. Witnesses. Jay, well, how much do you want to put on it? I'll put I'll put 50 bucks on Done. Tony winning a major. Done. Win. What, win. Are, what are my odds, though? What I was going to say, what are odds? Yeah. I mean, that's – I got to have some odds. Well, look up. You've got the sports book there in Virginia. I bet you can find those odds. Vegas definitely has them. 
All right, we'll we'll, we'll look them up. We'll, we'll look, look it up. up. I got fifty dollars on whatever the odds Tony, are. as my dad would call him, Finale. Um, which is not correct, Tony. It's I know it's Finale, but anyway, I've He's got I've got some to. cash on you, bro. I think you're gonna do it. Um, so have have we reached at least the half dozen mark with the amount of name drops, Mr. Woodson has got? I think we're at six. Yeah, we're yeah. at six. Okay, yeah. we're, there's still time left, Jay. Hang in there. There's still time left. Let's get to double digits. So. David, do you remember our motivational speech we got from Ian Baker Finch back our freshman year back in the oh, day? It was awesome. <laughs> it was so awesome. <laughs> it was so like we, we, after it was done, we're like, man, that was that was awesome. And then half the guys in the room were like, who who was that? <laughs> me, Ian Baker Finch and Frank Nubolo were they're the reason I turned pro because I I sat there and listened to these guys talk. It was incredible. Yeah. It, maybe because they have cool accents, you know. <laughs> and Tom's like, "That's the reason I didn't turn pro." <laughs> <laughs> no, no, there was a little lack of talent there, buddy. <laughs> <My bad. laughs> yeah. All right, Mikey, take us, take us, what, take us onward. One more, one more thing with the uh, Tory Pines, the Farmers. Did you see Sung J M scorecard? So he shoots seventy three with a thirty one on the front and a forty two on the back. Oh. Get it. With a birdie on 18. Get it. To shoot was the that 42. on Sunday? What do you think? That was on Sunday. I'm trying to find it. Where is he? he that was expensive. 32nd. He was tied second at one point. Well, and that's like, you know, I know we talked about possibly doing this, but uh, in terms of expensive back nines, Carlos Ortiz had a very expensive back nine. 42 on the back nine on Sunday. Um, hate that. I, I like that guy. Um, you know, he, he came out with uh, some early fireworks when he first started i think he had to go back to corn ferry and now he's back on tour and he's been playing well and i think he's a good guy um hated to see it for him he looks a lot like jordan spieth (laughs) every time i see him it was like jordan spieth if he said no like tom does his heavy impression he looks like jordan spieth until you look at his face and then he doesn't look like him at all well Well, he's kind of you know getting ready to shot average about seven or even his complexion or height So what happened to Sung Jae? Guys, though? like I'm looking at 31, and then he just—it's not like he had, not like he made a 13 on a hole. Like and he started dialing long distance on that back nine. That's not a scorecard. That's a phone number. <laughs> I'm saying like bogey, bogey, double, but bo- like I'm, you know what I'm saying. Normally, when you see a guy that you know has this situation, you know, 31, 45, you're like, oh, he made a, a 12, and he made it. You know, no, this guy just—it looks kind of—it looks like lost a, it. It's like a 12 handicappers back now. He birdie last hole, though. So, way to, way to finish strong, Sunday. <laughs> Don't let it get you down, fella. So, who do you guys have this weekend? We got Waste Management uh, in Phoenix, which is not going to be quite the party this year that it normally is on 16. Uh, uh, good field. Is there a tournament that suffers more from the pandemic than this one? No, that's a good point. No, no I, I guarantee they lose, they lose viewers. Um I mean, on on Saturday, there's no chance they get the same ratings that they normally do because people turn that in just to see the spectacle that is 16. Yeah, and just not going to be there. There's still going to be fans. I think it's like five thousand, eight thousand fans, something like that. And they still yeah. have one level of grandstand surrounding that hole, but not anywhere near the. Stadium. Do y'all like that? Do you like that atmosphere? That normal normal circumstances, normal year. For one, for once a year. I, yeah. I mean, I don't think we need it every week, but I think it's good to do it once a year and have a little fun. The players have some fun with it. They don't seem to mind it. Yeah. They they buy into it. I think that's fine. And I it's agree. not like a multiple times would not be a bad thing, you know. Yeah. yeah, I'd say a couple times a year to have something like that's cool. I mean, 
it's cool to have that stadium feel and it's not, it's, it's a pretty benign par three. I mean, it's 170 yards, whatever. It's not like the last hole of the tournament, you know, where the guys get nervous though. They, they do get nervous, but it's a pretty, I mean, it, you know, it's kind of like TPC of Sawgrass 17. I mean, it's, it's, it's a short hole, short par three. And if, you know, given the circumstances when no one's there and there's, you know, you, you would just hit your pitching wedge nine iron in the middle of the green, you move on. This one's a little longer. You, you probably, these guys are hitting eight irons in there, but. Um, Honda Classic, they have one, the 17th hole. It, it's got water on one side, so they can't surround it. That hole's almost unfair. So hard. Yeah. But they do have most of it surrounded by grandstands and it's a little bit of a part. It's a pretty good party atmosphere. I was there last year. That hole sucks. And then yeah. my career. We can tell that story later. I, I did think about that as I said it, but it didn't stop yeah. me from saying it. Yeah. So. Thanks. Thanks. No big deal. But yeah. my, my dad always brings that up. He's like, oh, that's 17th hole at, you know, PJ National. That was it for you, right? Final final stage of Q school. That was where it all went downhill. <laughs> thanks. Thanks, Pop. <laughs> I do I do remember texting you while I was sitting on that T box pictures and you were not very happy. <laughs> nice. It's all okay. good. So how about the teams? Who we got? I don't remember. How do I find it? They all made me do this. Uh, so we got some big names playing. We got Rom, JT, Webb's defending champ, Xander, Berger, Ryan Palmer, McElroy's playing for the first time. You got Hideki Matsuyama, Sung Jayim, Bubba, Billy Horschel, Gary Woodland. So a pretty good field for mm-hmm. you know an off week, not the biggest event on tour going up against the Super Bowl, which we're going to have to make picks on the Super Bowl before we end this thing tonight. Uh, the big game. Sorry, the big game. Is that not the dumbest thing in the world? Why did they change the name of it? No, they're and don't quote me on this because I, I this is probably Wait, it's kind of right hard to say that when you're on like yeah we're we're recording yeah, it's kind of hard though. you're right <laughs> don't, right I don't just quote me but I'm gonna be recording I mean with all due respect <laughs> I, I want to say there's something where the Super Bowl stopped people from calling it the Super Bowl because they had the rights to the Super Bowl um, I please tell me that that's wrong but man I feel like it. Uh, I don't know. It's got to be one of the dumbest things I've ever heard. Why would you want people to stop promoting your brand? I don't. You know, people, there's a lot of dumbass people out there. And if that's incorrect, <laughs> Mikey, please edit that out. Um, <laughs> no, we're leaving it in for sure. Yeah, for no, sure. Probably. All right, Jay, you ready? I'm ready. I'll, uh, I'll, I'll hold on. Is this like, cause here's the thing with this DraftKings thing that you guys made me do. Um, <laughs> so like, do, who do I think's going to win or who is it like my, you know, you just have to beat the other players. Well, it's in like the they're, field. they're all like the so value us four competing. So if you have, if you're all six of your guys finish top ten and you don't pick the winner, no, I get it, I get it. Win. But like, if I got to pick five guys and then I, you know, it's all in the value. So you pick the the guys you really think are going to win, who actually might. Well, you, they all have a they all have a different value amount, right? So you yeah. can't just pick the top I, six no, guys. So you got to be selective with who you're taking lower down the board to fit it into your salary cap. Yeah, yeah, got it. Oh, we'll, you know what? We'll uh, turn you into John a degenerate. Augustine. I just saw John Augustine's plan. Is this his? Is this his uh, maiden voyage? Second, I think. No. Man, that guy's got he he. John Augustine likes himself some John Augustine. <laughs> and look, I I like him too. I think the kid's a stud. He's good, but man, he boy, loves himself. He, he's he's like I wouldn't you know I wouldn't want to get in his way. <laughs> All right, Jay. Well, while right. Tom's trying to figure out how gambling works. All right, I've got my uh, I've got my six. Uh, starting off with the kind of a sleeper here. Can we get uh, their Byung, dollar amount? Young Hun on. 
he's played here, played well here in the past. So I'm, I'm scooping him up at 7,300 on DraftKings. Ricky Fowler loves his place, always plays well. Um, you know, he's, he's won here in the past. Uh, did he win two years ago or I'm not sure. I know he's, I know he's either he's won or he's finished in the top five a bunch. He's, he's, he was like always in the mix. He's always in the mix. Matsuyama, two-time winner. I'm, I'm rolling with him. Uh, Norlanders, uh, played well here in the past as well. Had a good finish last week, uh, in the week prior. So I feel like he's kind of hot right now. So I'm going to give him a shot at 7,500. That's that's kind of a good um, a good value pick in my opinion. Webb Simpson uh, is defending champion. Uh, the guy's been on fire uh, at at 10,100. 10, he and it's just like I think this course is just right up his alley. Like it wouldn't surprise me if he were able to get right in the hunt. And if he doesn't win, I feel like he's going to have a top five, top ten finish. So I think the value's there at 10,000. A little bit better than. Um, maybe Rory, who's never played there. I think there's a little bit of a learning curve on this course. Um, now, granted, I think Rory's going to get a little bit of a uh, a pass because he doesn't have to deal with all the fans, um, which he can do that anyway. But it is it is overwhelming. I mean, I've, you guys have been there. I've been to this tournament. I mean, it's a lot of people, and it's loud as hell. Like, I mean, it's unlike, loud. Any, it's unlike any other tournament. Um but to round it off, I'm going with a little uh, a sleeper kind of down on the bottom there. Kyle Stanley has played well here in the past, coming off a, a top 20 finish last week, uh, 32nd at the American Express. Um, he likes this golf course. This kind of is right up his alley, too. Good ball striker. Um, pretty, What's his value? He's at 6,700. Oh, he's way down there. Yeah. Where's he been? Lord have mercy. Hey, he's a Clemson boy. I went to school he with is. Kyle. He is a name, name drop for me. There's one for me. Kyle Stanley. Dang. Packing on number one for Mike Maroney. Name drop number one. Look, we will tell the listeners that Jay won our uh, weekly contest last week because Tom never got in it. He allegedly picked Patrick Reed, although there's no documentation of that. I mean, it, it, there's Winner. a recording, but uh, that's not, that doesn't matter, right? Yeah, going into Sunday, I was, I was one point down and end up in third, last by a long shot. Yeah, I almost crept up on Jay there, but Jay did take home the title last week. So just another victory for Mr. Woodson. That's just right. another one yep. in the state of Virginia. Tack it on. Tack All right, McLean, who you have? Almost. <laughs> we have a lot of very similar players. So right off the bat, I got Webb Simpson, 10,100, defending champion, obviously playing extremely well, as Jay just talked about. Um, also took uh, one step down. Sun JM, still playing really well at 9,400. Um, Max Homa, I think he's been playing well. Nice. Uh, he's kind of trending coming in. Uh, got him at 7,900. And then uh, Kyle Stanley as well. Um, no. T- t- tied for 18th last week, playing well, uh, trending in the right direction. And then I took a local boy, Pat Perez, Scottsdale, uh, Scottsdale guy, lives there, plays a lot of desert golf. Got to feel like he's going to be comfortable on that golf course. And uh, all in all, I'm actually, I'm actually pretty happy about my team i put them in a couple different lineups and uh hoping to see something good i played one uh, my other team last week i won eight dollars which almost covered my loss to jay woodson last week (laughs) (laughs) so i net lost two dollars man if i had gone if i had gone with the lineup that i picked with you guys for my other lineups i would have made some pretty good decent cash but i 
switch. You it. won the whole thing. You couldn't do any better, Jay. No, no, no. I'm talking in some other bigger, a bigger big money, breakout. bigger money games. I could have, I could have came out ahead, but it's all good. You know, you, you know, can't second guess yourself. You got to go with it. Hey, twenty seven dollars is actually fairly hard to win on DraftKings. Yeah, I mean, I'm happy with it. You know, you gotta you gotta perform pretty well. I mean, if if you're playing the five and ten dollar games, like mm-hmm. most of what I do. All right, Tom, you got a team? I see yep. you scribbling away down there. I was doodling, actually. Oh, um, just kidding. I, so I, new to this DraftKings thing, right? So I didn't know, like, I only could pick guys based on dollar amounts who are, you know, pre-assigned um, by some Yahoo, I'm sure. Maybe. Justin Thomas, Webb Simpson. Doc Redman. I threw a little Doc. I have no idea why. Kind of just another Clemson boy. Love it. Yeah. From I, Raleigh, know. North Carolina. Um, Ortiz. It's kind of, you know, an easy one. Uh, Burns. Sammy Burns. Sam Burns. Uh, I, I love that. I, I pull for that guy every week just because of his Walker Cup snub. I'll never forget it. That was that was as bad as there ever has been. Um, and Patton Kazire. I don't know why. I just got island contingent. I, I pull for him because so Pat. You hear a crazy story. So Patton is married to, um, I don't even know her name, but they live like five houses down from us growing up. Really? Yeah. His his wife, not Patton. No, no, oh. no, no. His wife. Yeah, yeah his, his wife. wife. Yeah. Okay. She married Patton. She's a sweetheart. Um, can't. You know, it would have been a better story if I remember their names. So that was a hell of a story. Yeah, I tell you what, but still kind of cool, right? So, Pat and I, I really pulled like you because your wife, I, 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 I knew her as a kid, I think. Might not even be the right person. So, <laughs> I think Sam Burns is, I, I think he'll be around for a long time. I think he's a stud. Um, it kind of goes about it in a quiet way, but he's, he's a big, strong kid. Uh, so, I think a lot of his game. Doc Redman, like, he's one of the guys I thought was going to, you know, 1 a.m., yeah, you know, where'd he come from? You know, he'll fizzle out, but uh, he's surprised me a little bit. Webb, as you said, Webb's the best. Raleigh boy. Um, and then JT. I think JT's going to have a great year from here on in. I think he's uh, got a lot to kind of – he feels like he's got something to prove. Um, I like it. You know, his agent's a dear friend of mine, Name Drop. Um, name Drop. And, uh, we were bada, 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 bing. talking the other day about a bunch of stuff, and – and I, you know, I was, I'm very careful about what I ask and say, but uh, he did, he said he's in a good place and he's he's very motivated. So, uh, FYI, Patton's wife's name is Carrie. Carrie, yeah, Carrie, Hog- Carrie Hogden. Hogden, Hogden, yeah. Hodgden. Hod- I think we, I think you maybe said- maybe it is. Yeah, it's Hodgden. Hodgden. Yeah, this is just riveting, riveting, guys. This is awesome. I mean, she's she's a she's shout a, out. She's a wonderful person. Patton, great, great job, buddy. Good people. Gary, if you're listening, which you're probably not, you are amazing. PK, we'll get you on the show here soon, and we'll get Carrie on too because she can make fun of us. That's going to be awesome. All right. That was just awesome. But let's go to my uh, my picks now. <laughs> so I'm going um, – I got Corey Connors. Just been playing really, really solid. Uh, three top tens, made a bunch of cuts. Max Homa. Uh, living in Scottsdale, so he's living at Homa for this week. Rory McIlroy, there, boy. What What's that? Zinger. You like that one? Come on, wow. gotta throw one out there. Uh, Rory McIlroy, just because he's Rory McIlroy. Uh, I don't care if it's his first time there. I'm taking him. 
Louis Ousazen coming off Cole a decent week. I kind of like that. He's been a sleeper this kind of wraparound season. He's had three top tens, which no one's really noticed him. Um, so I'm hoping for another one. Shrek. That's right. Uh, one of these days, he'll spend some money on fixing his teeth. But wow. then I got uh, Brendan Todd. Again, just playing solid. I want a lot of guys that have just been playing really solid, just Nothing making a lot of cuts. Boy. I, I had two guys miss a cut Reno, this past cool. week, which killed my team. So I'm just going with guys that hopefully make a lot of cuts. And then last um, but not least was Rory Sabatini coming off the top 10. I had him on my DraftKings last week and then deleted him for someone else, and that was a huge mistake. So um, he'll miss the cut thinking? this week now that I'm doing it. So Talk about a guy that's hung around for a long time. Yeah, Rui Sabatini, pretty impressive career, really is. Yeah, he's had a, you know, he has only had a couple wins, I think, but he's kept his card for just decades, almost. So less than um, Charles Howell. Yeah, exactly. He just makes cuts and keeps paying the bills, makes money. Not out there to make friends. (laughs) He is not. No, definitely not concerned with that. But um, all right, boys. So before we wrap this up. Let's uh let's give our Super Bowl picks. Who's winning this weekend? I'm rooting for Tom because the story would just be so amazing for what he's done. And you talk about just solidifying greatest ever if it wasn't already solidified to just go down and take the Tampa Bay Buccaneers to the Super Bowl and win it. I mean, granted, he did bring in Gronk. He did end up bringing in AB, but still, the common denominator in all these championships and Super Bowl appearances, appearances is TB12. Yeah. The uh, Tampa Bay is Tampa Bay is going to win. Um Whoa, you caught like you you No, they're going to win. You're not just rooting for him, you think no. he's going to win. They're going to win. Uh they they will win. Tom Brady will I think he will retire after this year. He's going to he's going to ride off into the sunset as the they greatest quarterback of all time. He's going to win his 7th Super Bowl out of 10 appearances in his the in, with the first team ever playing at at home during the Super Bowl to host the Super Bowl. They're going to win. He's going to he wanted to play till he was 45. I think he's going to leave early. He's going to have seven Super Bowl championship rings. He's going to walk off into the sunset with his supermodel wife, Giselle Bunchin. Bunchin nailed it. That's exactly right. Um, but no, he's going to win. It's and then and Patrick Mahomes is probably going to win three Super Bowls. I think he's. I think Mahomes is going to win two more, and he's going to go down. Mahomes is going to go down as one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time as well. But Tom Brady's going to win this one, and he's going to solidify himself as one of the best, not only best quarterbacks of all time. He's going to go down best as athletes. One of, the, one of the best athletes, one of the best winners of all time. It, it's going to happen. I, I, don't, I, I mean, think he's already there. In all honesty, I mean, I think no, it's, he he is. But I think this this one right here is going to be the it's going to be the swan song, and he's going to just he's going to walk that, off into the sunset. It's, it's was that your prediction or like a are you pitching a, a Disney movie? I mean, that I was mean, it, it could be both. That was pretty amazing because that like I want that to happen because that would that just sounds that's what's going to happen. I'm just, I'm just I don't know how else to say it. It's that's what's going to happen. But Mikey, we know who your prediction. You're, all right, Tom, go ahead. No, no, we let you. Let's go. Let's you, your boy, Tom, Tommy. So I'm obviously. Wait, hold on, do it in the do it in the uh, New England accent, though. You no, I need just... to have I need to have a lot of beers for that to come out. Okay, all right. Um, don't 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 make me dance, Tom. Come on. Um, 
<laughs> you know, geez. I just love it when you do that. I'm sorry. I am rooting for Tom 100%, obviously. No doubt coming from Massachusetts, favorite athlete of all time. I don't know if they're going to get it done. And that's because of Mahomes, right? It's what Brady can't, you know, handle. It's he doesn't play defense. So the Buccaneers defense, they've been playing pretty well this postseason. They're going to have to have their best game of the year, and it's not even close, just to give them a chance. Because KC is going to get theirs, no matter what. So, will they? I think so. I don't know. I mean, again, I'm rooting for Tom. I think KC will win. I will say, I will. The one, the one quick hitter for for me with this whole thing is that, you know, I'm, I know I'm, I'm doubling up here, but. Um, Patrick Mahomes is he's fighting turf toe, and if you guys have ever had turf toe, it's 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 one of those things that everything feels great. You've got it; it's good. That's I'm, I'm I'm healed, and then all of a sudden you make one pivot the wrong way, and then you can't move. So if he's if he's got any more issues with turf toe, and it pops up again, and he can't mo he can't move, and he's not as mobile as he is. I mean, that's a huge – he's the driving force for that offense. I mean, Tyreek Hill's great. Uh, Travis Kelsey's great. Travis Kelsey's in, in, incredible. But if these guys uh, – if, if no one throws them the ball, then then th- that offense is pretty stagnant, you know. Uh, so, obviously, if that doesn't happen and, and, and Patrick Mahomes comes out and his guns are blazing, it's going to be close. But if he has any, any hang-up, it could be TB 12 times. All right, Tommy. You know, um, I'm indifferent. I I, I love the Tom Brady story. And on the flip side, I love Andy Reid. Like, I think Andy Reid's, you know, everything that he's, you know, getting these days he deserves. Uh, So, I don't know. I I, I could care less. I love love that, by the way. Andy Reid's awesome. He is awesome. Who I think is going to win. I think Kansas City is going to win. I love Jay's story. And that very well might play out. That would be. I, I'd actually like to see that, but I think Kansas City's just. I think they're just they're fire. They're too much firepower. I definitely agree to the fact that if he wins, he will retire. Um, but I think that no, I, I think he does. I think if he wins, he retires. I think if he doesn't nope. win, he comes back for that second year. I don't think. I think he signed a two year because he didn't think he could make it happen in one year. I agreed, hundred percent. No, because no, here's the thing. Yeah, trust me. I've been following this guy almost my entire life, right? We, we all know he that. He says he's going to play to 45. He's going to play to 45. And part of it is also a sales tool for him, right? So he has this TB12 Performance Institute. He's trying to sell a lifestyle. He's trying to sell his workout regimen, his his health regimen, his eating regimen. He needs to play to 45. He's always said he's playing to 45. He's going to play to 45 to justify what he's doing is the best way to do it. So all the other athletes, all the other football players can do it. Are you telling me you think this guy needs to do right. more to sell? <laughs> I mean, it's like if he wins a if he goes to a 10 Super Bowls and wins seven, like do you does that does he even need to play he's, two more he's, did he's Greg coming Norman back. He's like, coming back. He selling into, wine when he didn't play the Champions Tour? Yeah. Did Greg I mean, Norman stop selling shirts when he, he didn't doesn't play need to come back. He didn't need to come he didn't need to leave the Patriots and go to the Buccaneers. He's already proven he's the best athlete of all time. So, like, like we, we're we're too close to it because we're like living in it. But let's fast forward like fifty years from now, we'll all be dead. But like, let's go to thirty years from now. We'll look back and be like, how about that guy? Okay, he went to ten Super Bowls. He probably, you know, let's say he wins seven, married a supermodel. You know, like 
Go, I mean, like, how many boxes can you check? Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I mean it's almost unfair. It's almost not fair. Like, what? Yeah, what? He's a good guy. He, you know, he. he come on, God. Like, what are you doing, man? Spread yeah. this thing out a little bit. <laughs> yeah. Like, how about it, man? Unbelievable. He didn't. He, he did not get into the country club, though. <laughs> he did. He did. It just took a while. Oh well, okay. It just took a while. Yeah, about uh, six Super Bowls. They yeah. got him in. Yeah, I guess that's valid. But all right, gents. I think that was a lot of fun. Again, hopefully we did all right. Uh, my wife won't tell me she'll skip through part of it till the time Brady talk again. So, but <laughs> keep an eye out later this uh, this week. We're gonna have a bonus episode with our special guest at some point. Um, we're gonna try to chat with him tomorrow night and then get this out later in the week. McLean and I will be doing some testing with the Autoflex shaft. So keep an eye on our social media and on the pod for uh, the latest and greatest from Emergency Nine. Thanks for listening. Take care, guys. Bye.